you guys what is going on hey 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 okay what's going on you guys welcome to the camera ads 10 pounds that's right i'm your host peter sirs what's up and uh before we do anything before we get into this i just got a really quick like if uh if you're listening to this on apple podcast just leave me a review i know i've asked you a million times but i'm going to keep doing it until my podcast is the number one health and fitness podcast on the fucking internet okay just go on apple podcast rate it review it you get it um also subscribe if you want share it that'd be cool screenshot it mention me i don't care um this podcast is brought to you by my good friends at performa.com i have i'm just i just love them you guys they're really a great company i was a fan of them before i worked with them but performa.com they have all of your fitness accessory needs okay i know it's christmas is over now so if you didn't get anybody in your in your life that's into fitness one of these gifts maybe you can make it up to them maybe they have a birthday coming up or maybe since it's new year you know we have resolutions to get back into shape and blah 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 um get some cool fitness apparel or accessories to take to the gym with you shaker cups meal prep bags meal prep containers workout towels wrist straps wrist straps pill containers you get it go to performa.com Enter the promo code 10 pounds. That's the word 10, the word pounds, and you will sit 15% off your order. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Bucked Up Supplements. That's right, Bucked Up. They have all of your supplement needs. So um, whether you need just need general health, you know, just like multivitamins, stuff like that, they've got it. If you want to supplement your protein a little bit with some quality protein, they've got that. They've got pre-workout, which is the best pre-workout, different levels. They've got energy drinks. They've got post-workout. They've got amino acids, all of your amino acids, creatine, just so many things, you guys. I only take their products, okay? So do yourselves a favor. And if you're, especially like I said, right now, it's New Year, man. It's going to be the New Year. We want to get fit, you know, get yourself a good kit, get get yourself going. You know, they have weight loss kits muscle gain, whatever your goals are, okay? Go to buckedup.com, enter the promo code 10 pounds, that's the number 10 and the word pounds, and you will save 20% off your order. Um, we're going to get this going, you guys. I want to just really quick like, we're going to get into this. Uh, yep. Uh, that's right. Hey, this has kind of been my theme song of 2020, 2021. They gon' have to hold me back, hold me back. They gon' have to hold me back. What? They're gonna have to hold me back, cause I ain't fucking stopping. That's right. That's right. I'm not stopping, you guys. That is KB is his name. I played this on the on the podcast before, but maybe you're new. Maybe you didn't hear it the first time. That's KB, hold me back, and I fucking love that song. Um, it really reminds me of. I mean, it, it reminds me of a lot of things. It reminds me of that song came out pre-pandemic, so it reminds me of a simpler time when we weren't worried about masks and vaccines and fucking God knows what, you know. Um, but it's also just a great workout song. It's a good pump me up song, and you guys know I love those. I work out a lot. So anyway, I just wanted to play that. It's kind of been, it's kind of one of my go-to's, man. I, I when I was training for the marathon, I was playing it. It was on my marathon playlist, like. That's my jam, dude. Okay? Make no mistake. So anyway, um, I wanted to say hi. You know, this is the last episode of the year. Um, and, you know, I've been talking about getting guests back and everything. And, you know, my life is still a little messy. Uh, just like, I mean, not messy. I shouldn't say that. I'm just like, I'm just kind of all over the place. Like, I literally was not home, even though I'm technically homeless. I'm still staying with my brother. You're welcome. Um, thanks, Adam. Adam's my brother. He loves me. I love him. Um, I've been staying at his house since I've been back in L.A. because everything has been a little, you know, L.A.'s fucking weird, man. So, uh, but I've been gone for the last two weeks, which is why you guys haven't heard from me. Um, I had a, <laughs> I had a crazy two weeks, man. I'll, I'll kind of just break it down and then I'll kind of let you guys know why I wanted to do this, uh, one more time before the year was over, I figured, you know what, man, I've had the last, you know, I don't know, four or five episodes that were solo episodes, you know, what's one more, you know, why not, right? Um, I <laughs> Okay, so just really quick, 
Um, I went to Mexico for a couple days for a wedding, right? And then I came back, was basically in LA for like two days. And then I had a show up in Sol- or in Paso Robles one day. And then the next day I had a show in Solvang. And then I had to drive back down to LA and then fly out to Dallas Friday morning, super early. And that was a whole thing. Um, then I went to Dallas. Really, it was McKinney, but it's you know it's basically Dallas. It's like a half hour from Dallas, give or take. Um, got to stay with my buddy Eric Dunn. You know, um, he let me. He was very kind. My my buddy Eric's the best man. I mean, I know he listens to this, but even if he wasn't, I would tell him. Um, he uh, kind of laid out the red carpet for me, man. I was. Uh, he he made sure he he picked me up from the airport. He let me stay at his house, even though his family was leaving the next day. That's how you know you got a good friend when they trust you to stay. Or that's I mean yeah, they trust you to stay at their house when they're not there. Um, so that was great. I got to stay at his house and let me drive his car while I I mean it just made it really easy, you know. Um, and that was great. And then I got to go to Oklahoma for the week. And spend time with my girlfriend and her family for Christmas and all that good stuff. And then I got to come back to California and then spend actual Christmas Day with my family. So I kind of got like the best of both worlds. And I, 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 I'll be honest, like I really needed it these last uh, few weeks. Like I said, being back in L.A. have been, I say messy just because things are not quite in order yet. And I talked about it the last time you guys were here and listened and whatnot. But... You know, I wouldn't be being authentic if I didn't, you know, let you guys know about these things, you know. Like, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, take pictures in front of fucking Lamborghinis and pretend like that I'm just fucking balling out of control and, you know, this and I'm playing sold out shows and, you know, like, I mean, uh, my show in, in Paso Robles was, I mean, it's really fun, you know, but I mean... I want to say there was maybe 20 people, which is fine. It's just like, you know, comedy can be so humbling, you know, because on, you know, one weekend I can be at a comedy club, you know, performing in front of a sold out crowd, you know, uh, and not that they're there to see me, but, you know, some people, you know, in different cities, they're just there to see comedy, you know, and then I'll perform somewhere else and there might be four people there or 20. And then so... You know, I mean, there were a great 20, you know, and, you know, the the venue was socially distanced. So I want to say maybe they could normally seat 50, but right now they're only seating like maybe 35, maybe 40. I don't know, to be honest, but they were a great crowd. And then I, you know, I got to do a show in Solvang, my first one. And that was like, I want to say like 16 people. Again, great crowd, had so much fun. And then, you know, the weekend in, in, in McKinney, like the shows were, I mean, there's like maybe 25 people there. I mean, it's a small club too. That one only seats like 60 people, but it's like, I'm not selling out arenas across the country, um, just yet. And it's just one of those things where, like I said, it's humbling, you know, uh, where, you know, you see like a, you know, like, like a Kevin Hart or Joe Rogan or someone and they're doing these arenas and you're just like, man, that's what that's what could be you know that's what that's where I could be one day I'm not saying I'm at their level because I'm not but I mean they were one they were at one point at my level so to to aim for that is obviously you know I don't want to say it's unrealistic but you know, it's a lofty goal, but you have to set lofty goals because if you just set mediocre goals and then you don't hit them, then guess what? You're like less than mediocre. There's a book I read many years ago, or not many years ago, maybe like three or four years ago. It's called The Ten Times Rule. It's about, or it's, it's by this guy. His name is Grant Cardone. And the whole kind of premise of the book, he's like a big entrepreneur, real estate investor, and fucking, I don't know what else. He's really rich. He's a billionaire, okay? Drives around on a fucking private private plane. And honestly, the book is great. I get the premise of it, you know, and, and, and I took away a lot from it, you know? And that's probably where I get some of my I, 
not ideas necessarily. My ideas are my own, but like just my aspirations. I, I aspire to do big things because I, I know what I'm capable of. At least I'm confident in what I'm capable of. But, um, you know, anyway, the 10 times rule. And so this this will be a fun little little lesson for you guys. Um, you know, we talked about how, like I said, if you set a goal, like let's let's just say, for example, my goal is to make $100,000 in 2022, right? Um, for some people, that might not be a lofty goal at all. For some people, that might be a horrible year. For other people, that's like fucking just can't even comprehend making that much money, you know? Um, the point is, if you set yourself a goal to make $100,000 for whatever reason, you need it, you want it, um, and then you don't, then... Now you maybe you make you know sixty thousand or seventy thousand and and that's still great for some people you know um, but the ten times rule would be like okay let's say I want to make a hundred thousand I'm gonna set that I'm I'm, I'm gonna set my goal at a million dollars that I'm gonna make this I don't know how I'm gonna do it but I'm that's my goal and then if I don't hit it guess what let's say I only get you know twenty or thirty percent of that. Now, guess what? I've now made still well over $100,000 because I set my goals higher. So you always want to set your goal 10 times higher. And now, now, that I'm, now that I'm talking about it, I need to reread that book. But it's in storage now with all the rest of my shit. So, <laughs> um, But I just it's just saying like it's just like comedy is weird, you know, because on one hand, I'm getting to headline certain places, you know, I'm not headlining everywhere, but, you know, you know, I had, you know, over a week where I was just headlining, and as I actually, as I record this episode, I'm headlining a show tonight, and it's like, yeah, headliner just means that you are good enough and established enough that you are the headlining act of the evening, so... You know, where some places maybe I'm doing a half hour, maybe I'm doing 45 minutes, maybe I'm doing an hour. You know, I'm headlining. I've earned that right in some of these places, right? Um, but at the same time, a, a, a true headliner is somebody, and that's why I, I I can headline, but I don't, I'd be lying if I told you guys that I think of myself as a headliner, even though I know I can do it and I'm funnier than a lot of the headliners that I end up getting booked with. Not any of the guys that take me on the road. I'm talking about some of the guys that I end up getting booked to open for. Um, you know, it is what it is, man. Maybe they've been doing the same act or maybe their act is... I don't, I don't know. My point is, my definition of a headliner is somebody who... You put their name on the bill, you know, on the website, on the marquee, whatever. And because that person's name is on the marquee, they're going to sell tickets. And I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I have, yeah. Do I have people that will come to see me in certain cities? 100%, you know, is it a lot? No, not at all. Otherwise, I'd be, you know, be a lot further along. My name's not a draw. People don't see my name and be like, oh, Peter Sears is going to be there. Um, or they don't see my face and they're like, oh, I know that guy from this. Even though I've done stuff, you know, they don't see my name on there. But, um, you know, like I said, I, I've earned I've earned the merit based, and my material is good enough to where some places will just book me, because I'm funny enough, and that's it. But anyway, the point being is comedy can be really great because here I am getting to headline places and getting to work out new material and you know doing 45 minutes or an hour or whatever it might be, right? And as a comic, you know, a headlining spot is the easiest spot. Not, I take that back. It's not the easiest spot, but it's it's weird, man. Because you know, I started from the bottom, one hundred percent from the bottom, and <laughs> now I'm here. Uh, no, um, but you know, I remember. You know, like let's say, let's just say, for example, right? I'm 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 emceeing a weekend or a show or whatever, right? I'm the MC. So I go up first and start the show off and people are still arriving, literally, you know, as you're doing your set, people are still walking into the venue, which sucks because 
you know, all of the attention of the people that are supposed to have all their attention on you isn't quite on you. You know, they're still trickling in. There's there's outside noise. There's people pulling their chairs out, taking their jackets off. You know, there's people getting their drink orders. And it's tough, man. Being the MC is tough because not only are you starting the show off, but you're supposed to set the tone for the show. You're supposed to get the energy, get the crowd into it. There's a fine line of like, okay, I want to be funny. I want these people to like me. But also, I have to keep the audience engaged and ready for the rest of the show. It's it's a tough job. And like I said, they haven't been warmed up yet. So you don't know what their senses of humor are. What It's it's a tough spot. you know. And then you get to the feature, which is what I mostly am these days when I'm not headlining. And... You know, now they've laughed and now you got, you know, you get your 25 or 30 minutes and they're warmed up a little bit and it's a little bit of an easier spot. And by the time you get to the headliner, like these people, they all bought tickets, you know, maybe they got a free ticket or two or whatever. But my point is, is they know that you're the main act. So already there's kind of like a a respect factor, like he's the headliner. So and it's really interesting as I've gotten to navigate kind of between all these different slots that I've, you know, in my career. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like I can get away with more when I'm in the headlining spot. I can definitely get away with more, you know, when I'm in the feature spot. When I'm in the MC, it's it's a little tougher, you know. Um, and sometimes, you know, as a, as a, as a middle act, um, the host will, the MC will come out and just take a total shit. And then it's my job to kind of clean up that mess and then get the show going for the headliner, which I've done many times. Um, But sometimes, you know, I get to be that person that is, you know, and I just, I love it. But there's also a part of it where like at the end of the show, towards the end of the show, now the headliner has to deal with the checks being dropped. And that's a whole other thing. So it's, it's just been fun to kind of see the difference and to see the progression and how people treat you differently at a certain spot and whatever. But um, my point is, it's like, it, it, it's great, but it could also be humbling. That's kind of the moral of what I was trying to say here. <laughs> like, it's humbling because, like, you see what what the potential is of arenas, and then you do a show on a Thursday night, and, you know, there's 15 people, and you're like, <sighs> but you want to win over those 15 people because, you know, if... If everybody buys something from me after the show, I'm going to make an extra, you know, 100, 200, 300 bucks, maybe, maybe more. Who knows, you know? So you got to give those people a show and you want to, you know, get some of them as fans. So the next time you come to this town, they'll come back and see you. And that's kind of where I am right now. It's like, yeah, like I want everyone to love me, obviously. But at the same time, I know that not everyone is going to love me and that's okay. And that's the difference between having the confidence to know that I'm established now versus like, you know, five, six years ago when I just wanted everyone to like me no matter what, because I didn't know if I had this, you know, if this was going to be a career or I mean, I still don't know. (laughs) No, I'm in it, dude. It's too late now, dude. I'm fucking in this shit. But anyway, it was fun. It was, like I said, I got to go to Oklahoma for a few days and spend time with my girlfriend's family and, come back and so it it was great it was a fun two weeks you know but now I'm back and I got to really get back to work now in all aspects you know I was basically gone for two weeks which is crazy but um like I said I'm back I'm really excited you know this is gonna be the this is the last episode of 2021 and I just kind of wanted to reflect on 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 us on me you know (laughs) It's been a crazy two years, man. You know, two years ago, I was planning this League of My Own tour and, you know, thinking that I was going to I was going to do it and, you know, and everything that was going to come with that. And then obviously you guys know the story. You know, we had a fucking pandemic and then I went to Oklahoma and then just, you know, it's just been one thing after another. And, you know, 2021 was weird because, you know, on one side, it started off great and you know vaccines are starting to roll out and we're thinking like that we're almost done with this thing and then fast forward you know fucking here we are 
and now we're talking, you know, oh, we need we need booster shots now, and maybe you need a fourth booster, and like places like Israel are requiring you to get two boosters, and it's just like, okay, like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I thought we were done. I, I remember, you know, you guys know me. You know, I've never been super pro mask or vaccine for that matter. You know, yes, I wore masks. Yes, I got vaccinated, but I've never been one of those. Wear a mask. Ah, just get your vaccine. It's like, no, because I, I, I'm educated enough in health to know that, the, you know, there's there's a lot of other things, a lot of other factors that go along with this. But I just remember getting vaccinated, getting my second shot, and just kind of like getting emotional for me, knowing that this is kind of, you know, this whole thing was coming to an end. <laughs> like it was going to come to an end soon. And, you know, we had, you know, in, at least in Oklahoma, like kind of had done away with the masks everywhere. You know, everybody was doing away with the masks. And it's like, yeah, like we're, we're almost out of it. And then now here we are almost a year later from that. I mean, not quite you know, seven, eight months. And it's just like, fuck, this thing is still fucking going. And there's so much uncertainty still, which is crazy. It's crazy that there's so much uncertainty. Like we have this like just this stall of the last couple years. And, you know, I've still managed to keep moving forward, you know. And that's all I can do. But it's like, it's still kind of hard to really plan for the long-term future because we don't know what that's going to look like. And that's just so weird because I've never been somebody that couldn't, that like, I've always been someone that plans stuff. Like, I, you know, I was planning this tour and I'm planning this. And it's like, it's hard to have, it's hard to have things it's hard to have so much uncertainty is what I'm trying to say. But I have to like, I can't just sit around and do nothing. So I'm just trying to do the best with what I have, with the circumstances I've given, just like I was, you know, in Oklahoma, just like I am now, you know, just trying to hustle my ass off, trying to make things work. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just really interesting, man, because I could be having a good day one day and then the next day have a bad day. And, it, it's just up and down, you know, it's life. And, you know, on social, I know, you know, we tend to just kind of show off our highlights when we're on social media. You know, we don't really focus on any of the negative stuff. I'm a pretty positive person. I don't really let too much of the negativity out into the, you know, out onto social media. And so I'm not one of those people like every once in a while. I might use Twitter to like bitch, like I'll tell you this. I was a, um, well, I'm telling you this right now. I'm recording this episode right now. I have a show tonight in Lancaster. So I'm in Lancaster. I, you know, just to beat traffic and everything. Um, I came out, went to the gym. And then I was looking for healthy, healthy restaurants near the gym. And I found a Rubio's. And I was like, oh, fuck, dude. I love Rubio's. If you've never been to Rubio's, that shit is fucking good. But there's not really a lot. Like, there's a lot in San Diego. That's where they started. And I remember we used to have one like in Manhattan Beach when I used to live over there in that area where it's actually, it's in El Segundo, but there's another one in like Redondo or somewhere like they're all over the place near, especially near beach cities, but there's not really any like in LA and inland and I just, I, I don't know where there are any, but I was excited to see that there was one. So I go over there post-workout, ready to eat, you know, my post-workout nutrition, and there's a fucking sign on the door that says, you know, blah, 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 we are short-staffed, our hours are 10 to 5 right now, and I'm like, what the fuck, dude, like, what is with, and I was pissed, because I, I was so excited about going there, I was tasting it, like, I know, there's a couple things that I love, they have, like, a burrito, it's called, like, a health I want to say like a health mix or a fresh mix or something burrito. And it's got like a whole grain tortilla and you can get like chicken or whatever. And I love their salsa and they got good beans and rice, but they also have like these, uh, I want to say like they're like gourmet tacos is what they're called. And it's like these tacos with like, 
you know, they're tacos, but they got like a sauce in there, whatever. I could deal with the sauce every once in a while. And like avocados. It's just, I just love Rubio's, dude. But like I said, it's one of those things where you don't really get it very much because it's not around. So when you do, you're like, okay, sweet. I'm going to go to Rubio's. And then it was closed and I'm just like, so my point was, I went, I went to Twitter and I fucking, I screenshotted or I took a picture of the sign and then I just went and talked shit to them on Twitter. Because at this point, dude, there's a lot of fucking companies, man. And this is what, it's really pissing me off about this whole pandemic. Yes, this is a, a first world problem, but I feel like a lot of these places that are complaining about being short staffed and all this Honestly, a lot of them, I think, are just either full of shit or they're shitty companies and they don't pay their workers enough. And, yeah, maybe people don't want to work. You know, that's kind of been the debate this whole time where, you know, they're talking about like, well, you know, you guys gave people unemployment and no one wants to work and this and that. And it's like, well, can you blame them? You know, like. I'm someone that's lucky enough to work either in comedy, you know, which I love, or doing this, this is work for me, or, you know, still training, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I get to do things that I enjoy, but I know what it's like to have a shitty job that I don't like, lesson, you know, lesson learned, you know, when I was, when I was trimming marijuana leaves at the beginning of the pandemic, I didn't fucking like that shit, dude, it was boring, it was easy, it was boring just sitting down on a fucking chair or standing and trimming marijuana leaves for eight hours. Like, it's not hard work, but it fucking sucks. Or when I went and worked on the farm, like, that was hard work and it sucked. Like, I get it, dude. So, if you're one of those people that doesn't like your job and now all of a sudden the government or the state or whoever is going to pay you to not go to that shitty job and maybe even pay you more who the fuck would want to go back to their shitty job I wouldn't like I said I love my job I love doing stand up and I enjoy training people otherwise I wouldn't do it um, if I didn't fucking love that shit I wouldn't go back and do it either but I couldn't wait to go back because I like to work man like I don't want to just sit around and do nothing and, you know, you know, the argument is like, you know, well, that's what you get, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, like, I understand maybe they gave people too much money. Maybe it should have just been, you know, taking what the person made. I, don't, I mean, I don't know how you do that. But, you know, you take what the person made and just give them that. You know, unemployment is usually less money than you get for your job. You know, as far as my knowledge of unemployment, you never actually make as much as you would make when you were working. So that's the incentive. It's like, you know, if maybe you lost your job for whatever reason, it's kind of like, okay, well, we'll help you out for a little bit, but they don't pay you as much. So the incentive is, well, if you want to make more money, you got to go back and get a job. And so I feel like they should have done that, but, you know, people have bills to pay and, you know, they wanted us to stay home to stop the spread, two weeks to flatten the curve, all that fucking bullshit, and they came up with this plan and it kind of backfired and I get it, but at the same time, it's like, there's a lot of companies that didn't close, you know, Chick-fil-A, In-N-Out, like all these places that fucking were essential, they treat their workers great. Have you ever been a Chick-fil-A you're like, why the fuck are you so nice? I don't know, because maybe they're making $20 an hour to make fucking fried chicken. <laughs> like, or bread or whatever the fuck Chick-fil-A is. Same thing with In-N-Out, man. Those people are happy as fuck. How, would, how can I help you today? Can I get a double-double with spread and grilled onions only? Yes. Would you like a number one? Yeah, I would actually. And is there anything else you'd like? Yeah. You know, like, they're just so nice. They're getting paid six figures, man. No wonder they're so fucking happy. But try to go to, like, I don't know. Perfect example, Panda Express, dude. There's a Panda Express in in Moore, right by where we were living. And, you know, I would go there, especially when I was training for the marathon. By the way, I probably forget this, so I'm just going to say it now. Uh, I know that not that marathons aren't for everybody, you know, I get it, it's fucking hard, it's time consuming, and it's hard, (laughs) did I say it's hard, yeah, but 
when I'm marathon and training, dude, I could literally eat fucking anything. I don't, but I sometimes do. And it just burns off because I'm burning, you know, five, 6,000 calories a day, sometimes more. And so, yeah, I would go to Panda Express sometimes because it's a good carb source. I'd get, you know, Kung Pao chicken, beef and broccoli, some brown rice, whatever, sometimes vegetables. It just depends. But I was going to the, there's a, there's a Panda Express by where we used to live and they were always out of stuff. Always out of stuff. Oh, we're out of this. We're out of brown rice. We're out of vegetables. We're out of this. And like, there's no signs anywhere. So here I am. And and like I said, this is another first world problem. But, you know, these workers would just be like, I'm like, can you put a sign up so I don't have to wait in the drive-thru for, you know, 10, 15 minutes because there's always a long fucking drive-thru line. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Or even if I would go in, like, you know, they'd see the shit look like they were about ready to close, but they weren't. (laughs) And you're just like, and it looks like, to me, they don't care that they're running out of stuff and that this, because they hate their jobs. And I get it, dude. I hate, I, I get it. <laughs> so, you know, for all these companies that are that are complaining about, you know, people not wanting to work, it's like, maybe give yourself, you know, maybe take better care of your employees. You know, I was telling you guys a couple weeks ago, you know, I just started working at MedMen, delivering marijuana. And I've only been there, I haven't even been there, actually, I guess technically now I've been there for about a month almost, but I've been gone for two weeks, so I've only actually worked for two weeks. <laughs> but it's a great fucking company. I mean, I've only been there for two weeks, and I'm already like, wow, this is, uh, this company treats me better than almost every other company that I've ever worked for. Literally. Better than when I worked at 24-Hour Fitness, better than when I worked at Equinox, like, just, like, they just treat their employees better, they pay them well, they're, you know, everyone's really nice, there's plenty of benefits, and perks, and all kinds of stuff, like, I mean, it's great, and I guess they kind of do have a problem uh, hiring people as well, or at least in some of the positions, but I was telling them, because they were like, you know, do you know do you know anybody else that needs a, a job as a driver? And in my mind, I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, I wish I would have known about this job. I mean, I did. I was telling them. They were like, yeah, we need more drivers. And I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, I applied here at the beginning of the pandemic. I, I don't know if I talked about this on the show. I know I talked about, ha- about actually working there. But, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, I was telling you guys you know, I was applying at all the grocery stores. I was applying at Ralph's, Trader Joe's, fucking, I applied at like 27 Walmarts and this and that. And <laughs> I, I, was, I mean, I was even applying at all the Walmarts in Oklahoma. And then, you know, when they were calling me and they were telling me how much money I would make. And I was like, in my mind, because I, I, I wanted to go be with my girl because she was in Oklahoma. And so I figured if I worked there, then, you know, whatever. Um, but then... I was like, well, her dad will pay me more than Walmart is, so why am I not going to work there? But, like, I was just trying to get a job anywhere, and I was telling the people at MedMen, like, fuck, dude, I applied at all the MedMen, so nobody was hiring during the pandemic, and now we're short-staffed, and it's just like, whatever. Um, But it's a great company to work for, and so it's really interesting, the dynamic of that right now. But anyway, uh, like I said, things are messy here. (laughs) Bottom line, things are messy, man. So anyway, my point... I may, I've, I know I've made a million points and I'm kind of going back and forth, but the start of this point was that I try not to be negative on social media, but sometimes when companies and stuff like that piss me off, I may, you know, gr- migrate over to my social to let out the fact that I'm unhappy with, you know, this place running out of food or this place saying they're short-staffed and being closed and, you know, all that stuff. So anyway, uh, moving on. <laughs> I uh, I want to take this time to, again, I, I know I've done this a million times, but I want to thank everybody that listens to this podcast from, you know, the beginning to now, to, you know, everything, you know, I, obviously, when I first started this podcast, I had one goal in mind, and then 
the podcast kind of evolved a little bit, and then we went in, and then I was really hitting my stride with, you know, getting fucking big guests in and whatever, and then the pandemic happened, and it was just weird for me, and then I was dealing with Wi-Fi issues when I was on the fucking farm, and then just a whole other thing, but, you know, this podcast really did help keep me going, especially artistically, creatively, when I couldn't do stand-up. And so a lot of you guys have listened to this that whole time, and I really appreciate you guys. Um, You know, I always wanted this podcast to be a motivational, inspiring type of deal. That's why I had, you know, I would always bring in great people on the show, comedians, fitness people, and whatnot. And, you know, we've spent a lot of time together over the last couple months, just you and I. And that's fine. I'm I'm, I'm bringing guests back. I just wanted to do one more by myself with you guys to kind of, you know, wrap it up. I have a, um, I saw a very rough cut for my special, I Know What You Did Last Quarantine. And I kind of wanted to talk about that because it kind of relates to, you know, goals and whatnot. And, you know, it looks good and I'm really proud of it. I, I, I fucked up a little bit and I took a couple parts out and that's fine. That's always going to happen. You know, I wanted to do at least two shows in case I did fuck up and then I didn't because not enough people were buying tickets, even though we had a really good turnout. Um, I had somebody, I had an individual tell me that he could help me sell out two of the shows. He's like, yeah, I, 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 I can get, I can help you get 200 people. And um, this dude didn't even come. And none of his people came. And so, you know, it is what it is, man. I did a great, I had a great one show. It could have been better. And I'm just going to have to live with that. I, I paid a lot of money to get this made. And the reason why it's like, you know, I have this discussion with people all the time. And I just having this discussion with somebody a couple of days ago where it's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to be, you know, Especially, especially if you're pursuing a career in any sort of the arts, whether it's acting, dancing, comedy, music, any of those things that isn't really necessarily guaranteed, this is for you, okay? It really is. Um, It's a little different in LA, but I'm, you know, going to speak on my point of view of this and then you know you can go from there there's a lot of people in LA that say they want to be an actor they want to be a whatever like I said comedian right and what they're really saying is that they want to be famous they want to be fucking famous. They want to be a rock star. They want to be in the tabloids. They want to be on the red carpets and all those things. And I get it, dude. Those things are all really appealing. I would love for that to happen, too. However, there's a path to that. You know, there's work that has to be put in. Not everybody wants to put in the work to get to that point. What does that mean? Well, it can mean a lot of things, you know, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. It could mean going to a bunch of shitty cities across the country, maybe making a profit, maybe not making a profit, but like putting in that time, the investment to know that you're going to get a ROI, you know, three, four, five years. ROI means return on investment, by the way, for those of you guys. I don't even know shit about investing, but I know that, okay? Um you know, I've had the luxury of being able to do that, which is why I never quit my quote-unquote day job because I wanted to be able to support my dream job and I've had that luxury. But I also enjoy my day job as training and now my other day job delivering weed. It's actually a fun job. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I shot this special and, you know, we're, we're going to put it out on YouTube. It's going to be everywhere, actually. It's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on Amazon. I'm going to get it on Roku, like every streaming platform. But I'm going to put it on YouTube first for a number of reasons. But, um, you know, this, this thing is, is like, and this is me. This is just my point of view. But, you know, here I am 
nine years into comedy. You know, everyone, all the greats say that you got to put in your 10 years before you really can call yourself a comedian. And I get that. I'm still a comedian, but I get what they're saying. And, you know, I know a lot of comedians that sit around and, you know, they go to open mics every day, you know, multiple times a day. And a lot of these open mics you got to pay to go to. So they're paying, you know, three, four, five dollars, two or three or four times a night. And, you know, they're calling it there's they think they're grinding and maybe, you know, to them they are. But, you know, you can hear a lot of really established comedians, especially the ones in L.A. that talk about how the open mics are not necessarily the best place because you're just kind of doing your jokes in front of comedians that aren't really paying attention and they're not really going to give you what you need as far as, like, the reaction of a real audience, you know. And and that's fine. But my point is, is, like, I could sit around and, you know, do that and you know, go to all the places and hang out to, like, quote-unquote, be seen. And, you know, and, and I do all those things, especially now that I'm back. But at the same time, it's like, if you sit around and wait for anything to happen, you know, and wait for somebody to give you something, you know, you're kind of leading that up to fate, right? And, or to chance, even. Like, it's not really in your control, but like for me, you know, I put the money up, money that I probably didn't have <laughs> to make this thing and get it, you know, get it filmed, get the venue rented out, all these things. And nobody asked me to do it. You know, nobody, you know, it wasn't like Netflix was like, hey, Pete, we want you to do this. And then it's like, okay, it's really easy to do it at that point. HBO didn't call me and say, you know, hey, it's just like, no, I have a story I want to tell. I have a very specific story that I wanted to tell. A story of how I fucking went from L.A. to the country, fucking working on a farm, this and that. And during the pandemic, did these things. And I want proof that I did them. And I had this vision and, it, you know, it, it came... It came to fruition, you know, thanks to everyone that helped out, you know, from my buddy Blake to Caleb, who we hired and hired the rest of the crew, to my girlfriend Ashton, um, to the the great venue, the Blows, the Blows Garden, who was very accommodating with me. Like, my vision came to life, and, and I created this piece of art. Like I said, it's very specific. You know, it's it's a very specific period of time. It's a very specific time in history, a very specific time in my life, a very specific set of events that had to transpire for all of this to happen, and I did it. And if I would have waited for a Netflix or an Amazon or literally anybody to come and give it to me, you know, I might have waited forever and I might not have ever gotten to tell that story. But I didn't. I had a vision. I fucking put my money where my mouth was, literally. And I said, hey, man, I'm going to fucking make this thing. And maybe we'll get it somewhere. Maybe we won't. But the thing is, is, and this is, again, me aiming really high. But, you know, I could put this on YouTube. I'm going to put it on YouTube. And millions of people can see it for free. No money involved. They don't have to they don't have to subscribe to HBO Max. They don't have to pay the whatever for Netflix or borrow a password from Netflix or any of those things. It's going to be up there for free and I'm just going to let it you know let it speak for itself. It's there. If I I hate saying this, but like if I died tomorrow, you know, I'm glad that I fucking did this because it's representative of what I went through. You know, not a lot of people, you know, if you guys have, that have been listening this whole time, you know, you know that when I went out to the farm and just all the fucking shit that I was dealing with and breaking my back literally and muscle strain and 
just being exhausted and depressed and all those things, I knew that no other comedian was going to be able to tell the story that I was telling. And I couldn't fucking wait. And I had this vision and that we got to do it. But if I would have waited for somebody to give me the opportunity, I would have been still waiting. And so I didn't. And so I went after it and I fucking put all my money up there and I'd have a special. And I want all you guys to share it with everybody that you know. Share it on your socials. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Twitter. Share it on Instagram. And if you don't know how to share it on Instagram, I'm going to fucking show you how. You could put the link in your Instagram stories now. It used to be only for people that had 10,000 followers, but now everybody can do it. So you can grab that link, put it in your story, and be like, hey, go support my friend Peter. Because if I can get enough views for this, you guys, not only... <laughs> not only can I get the return back on my investment, <laughs> but also I can monetize this thing and probably, not probably, make more money than I would have made had I had I gotten a deal from HBO or from Netflix, you know. Because like I said, everybody has access to YouTube. You don't have to, you don't need any kind of streaming, no nothing, no cable, none, all you need is literally a phone with internet or a TV, a smart TV, whatever, right? Just go on the internet, fucking bam, there it is. And there's a lot of comedians. Um, Off the top of my head, I could think of like Andrew Schultz. I could think of Shane Gillis. I can think of Mark Norman. These are all really big comics that just fucking, that are really good and like legit headliners that will sell out a club or a theater or whatever. And these guys didn't get, you know, an offer from Netflix or from HBO or whoever these guys are. So they put their specials out on YouTube and they've gotten millions of views and they've made way more money on these things than they would have gotten had they just put it on Netflix and waited for that opportunity. So, yeah, I mean, hi. It's not going to be just up to me. Like, I'm going to need help. I'm going to need everybody that I fucking know to share this thing and to watch it and to tell their friends and family to share this thing and watch it. And, you know, big things can happen, you know. But at the end of the day, like I said, it was a very specific uh, period in time, place in history. And I have this documented. And I'm going to have it documented forever. And the great thing is that it didn't... uh, there's still parts of the story that I didn't even tell in this special that I'm going to get to continue to tell and explore on stage now. And it's exactly what I'm doing now. So, you know, there's still plenty of stuff left. And there's even, you know, parts that are in there that are even better now, unfortunately. But, you know, I shot it. So it is what it is, man. They're still good. And uh, my point is, I made a lot of points today, I know. But It's like, if you want to be an actor or a comedian, just do those things. You know, don't sit around and wait for the validation of, you know, getting an agent or getting this. It's like, if you want to act, go act, dude. Get a fucking phone. Literally, with the way the phones are now, yeah, like you can go out and buy a camera and buy this, right? A fancy camera and lighting and... Or you could just get your phone that has 4K and fucking, you know, write a short sketch or a bunch of short sketches, film them with your phone, edit them, and then put them out on the internet, man. These things go viral, man. There's so many, the stupidest shit and the most basic stuff goes viral now and people monetize stuff. It's so easy to do that. So if you want to act... When people say they want, like I said, when they say when they say they want to act or be a comedian, what they really say is they want to be famous. But if you really want to do those things, just do them. Shoot it yourself. Pay for it yourself. Don't wait for anyone to give it to you, man. There's plenty of opportunity on the internet now to to blow up without a studio, without a record label, without a whatever you want. You know, there's makeup artists that don't even go to makeup school or cosmetology school. That are fucking making, you know, six figures or more giving tutorials on YouTube because they're fucking awesome. Like, there's th- there's unlimited possibilities now. And so, 
that that was my point. It's just like all these people that say they want they want fame, but they don't want to put themselves out there and just do work on their own because they're afraid. You know, same thing with a podcast. You know, so many people are like, yeah, I've been thinking about starting a podcast or I used to do one and I stopped. And yeah, like maybe I take a week off here and there because my schedule's so fucking crazy. But like, I just tell people just do the podcast, you know? You don't even need equipment, dude. You guys remember? I mean, maybe you do, but obviously we were in the studio, you know, for the first, you know, couple, almost two years. And then COVID happened. I mean, it wasn't even two years, huh? Uh, But then COVID happened. And then I started doing, you know, I did the first, I don't know, two or three months of COVID. No equipment. I was just talking into my computer, you know, and. Yeah, it didn't sound as good, but fuck, weird, dude. I just, I just did it, <laughs> and then I, I, I was lucky enough to, to make money and buy my own equipment, and now I'm still using it, and now I know how to edit and all these things. But like, you know, people always tell me like, you know, I've been thinking of just fucking do it, start a podcast. You know, if no one listens, who fucking cares, dude? Do you want a podcast or not? I had a meeting with a manager last week, or I guess two weeks ago. And, you know, we were talking about just like stuff, you know, like what I had been up to the whole pandemic and how, you know, I was still auditioning for stuff, but I was also, you know, doing the podcast and still performing when a lot of people weren't performing yet, you know, and she's like, yeah, that's great that you kind of kept in there, you know, and, you know, I was like, yeah, I mean, look, the podcast really helped me. I didn't know if people were listening. And honestly, I still don't know, like, I don't know how many downloads I get on this show or not. Um, but I don't care because it's, it's a piece of art. This is art. It's an art form that I'm putting out there. You know, my, my thing is always, I'll say it again, but like if I died tomorrow or today, I hope I don't, I don't want to die yet, but, um, you know, I'm going to have this body of work from, from my comedy albums to this, now this special, to you know all these short films that I've done I mean I haven't done a ton but like you know that I've like written and put on YouTube there's there's like I don't know I want to say I have like five six seven short films that I writ that I wrote and you know shot myself hired a crew whatever uh you know this podcast all my other podcasts like I'm putting stuff out there non-stop not to mention just the stupid funny just random shit that comes up that I that I put out there you know so if I died you know a person could go back and be like oh wow this is funny look at this episode look at what he said here oh my god I can't believe that fucking people more people didn't hear that or more people didn't see that or whatever or you know they might go back and be like damn this guy's fucking crazy what was he thinking (laughs) um but the point is I have this body of work that I've created for myself because I, I refuse to just sit around and wait, you know, and then whereas other people, you know, they want to do comedy, but they want to sit back and wait. You know, I was having a conversation with one of my friends who's a comedian and um, she doesn't feel like she's getting a fair shot and this and that. And she's very upset because other people are getting more things than her. And like, I get it. But at the same time, you know, I'm offering her solutions to, like, get herself to do more stuff. I'm like, well, run your own show. She's like, I don't want to do that. I'm like, okay, we'll reach out to so-and-so and ask them. Because I, I know this person doesn't hustle and try to get work as much as I do. They basically just take the work that's given to them. And that's fine. But... You can't complain and say that you want to make it and that you're not getting this or that, but then also not do some of these things. You know, she could easily have a podcast. She could easily reach out to clubs and work these shitty rooms like I do, but she doesn't want to. She just wants it handed to her. And I'm like, that's fine, but you're going to continue to be upset. Yeah, I still get upset too because I'm doing all these things and I still don't always get what I want. But at the same time, it's like I, I understand where I am in the pecking order. I don't have the leverage that I'm going to have, you know, in three or four years or two years or one year. Who knows? I might have leverage in a couple months after this fucking special gets millions of views on YouTube. I don't know. Um, 
the point is, is I fucking grabbed the bull by its horns and I fucking wrote it down. Life handed me lemons and I fucking made strawberry lemonade. And that's kind of what I, I want to kind of, you know, end this podcast on. It's like, don't wait for shit, man. You know, I know I, I didn't even get into fitness and whatever today, but it's just something that's been really weighing on my mind. Like, if you want to act, fucking write shit, create it for yourself, shoot it on your phone, you know, all this stuff about needing fancy equipment and or needing a network, that this, like, fucking that, that shit's gone, dude. Do it yourself. And if it's good enough, hopefully, uh, people will take notice and, you know, there you have it. But at the same time, like I said, you know, I'll go back to my dying thing. Like some of my my comedian friends that have been doing comedy for 10, 15 years and they've never even recorded an album or something. I'm like, if you died, like, what are people going to go back to reference your comedy? Like a, a random clip here and there, like... You know, you guys, if you guys follow me on social, especially on Instagram, I don't always post them on Facebook because my shit just gets lost in the algorithm on Facebook. I'll put them on my, like, on my fan page. So if you're not following my fan page on Facebook, then you're probably missing out on some of these. But I post short clips every week. Every single week I'm posting a short clip of my stand-up. Sometimes it's crowd work. Sometimes it's a bit that I'm working on. Sometimes it's an old bit. Like, but I'm always posting stuff. So, like... People could see a body of my work, but I know a lot of comedians who don't have that in mean, that blueprint that that those samples of what they've been doing this whole time that they've had a career. So, you know, don't wait around. Get your stuff out there, whatever it is. Like I said, acting. If you're in a band, I don't care. Just get yourself out there, and uh, you know, just don't don't wait for people to give stuff to you, man. That's all I'm saying. Um, anyway, you guys, I, I I do really appreciate you guys listening and letting me rant on and on. I do have a guest lined up for next week and probably for the next few weeks. We're going back uh, into having conversations with people, which is what I wanted to do from the beginning with this. Uh, I'm not scared of a fucking new variant. It's always going to be something. I'm fucking done with this shit. So, uh, you know. I hope you guys enjoyed all the entertainment I provided via this podcast and everything else over the last year. I have really great, I have really big aspirations for this year, man. Despite the fact that there's uncertainty, I'm not going to let it stop me from at least trying to do things. So, you know, I'll share some of these things with you as they come along. But the first thing that we're going to do is, uh, if you're in LA, my first produced show, it's the camera, actually it's the live version of this show, but it's going to be the camera ads 10 pounds live and it's going to be part comedy show part interview session part uh music my buddy andy lugo is going to be performing um some songs for the show it's next friday january 7th at 8 p.m at high fidelity uh body piercing it's a body piercing place by day entertainment venue by night there's a full bar tickets are available on eventbrite um, there's a link in my bio. I've been posting it a bunch, but now that it's literally less than two weeks away, I'm going to be posting about it a lot. Um, I really hope you guys can make it. There's actually been quite a few tickets sold already, so that's fun. Um, I've got Dustin Abara. He's been on Gotham, and uh, he's been on a bunch of stuff. He's a really funny dude. Um, He's going to be on the show. My friend Mandy Martino, who I used to do shows with back in the day. Um, very funny. She's a, um, she's just really funny. Uh, she's fun. She's different. Uh, not different. That's not what I wanted to say. But, you know, she's... she's. I like her. And uh, my buddy Julian Michaels on the show. He's, you know, travels the country doing stand-up. He's very, very funny. Um... Like I said, Andy Lugo is doing music. I have my friend Michelle Stevenson, who was on the podcast uh, last year, actually, when we were in the height of the pandemic. She's a nurse, but she's also um, been on uh, some uh, something on Amazon. Fuck. Uh, something, she's, she has a stand-up thing on Amazon. I forget what it's called. Fuck. I don't have time to, to look it up right now. So, uh, you know, I'm excited, you guys. You guys got to come down if you're in L.A., it's my first one. I'm producing it. Like I said, again, another example. 
I'm not fucking sitting around and waiting for people to give me stuff. I'm making my own thing. You know, I'm a walking example of what I've been talking about this whole podcast. Going after it and just fucking doing it yourself. And if nobody comes, fuck it, dude. At least I put myself out there. How many other people can say that? You know, you can't fail unless you try, right? And failure is quitting, basically. You can't fail until you quit, right? So I'm just going to keep fucking going, man. Uh, I appreciate you guys. I really do. Uh, you guys are all awesome. Thanks for listening. Uh, like I said, the camera at 10 pounds live January 7th. That's next Friday, um, 8 o'clock. Tickets are available. Um, and that's it, you guys. My my special's coming out soon. We don't have a date, but it's almost done. So once it's done, literally, I'll probably promote it for like two weeks and then just fucking drop it and then, you know, let the internet do its magic, man. But anyway, I really appreciate you guys. This has been the camera at 10 pounds. Happy New Year, and I will see you guys next week. Bye.